and in three, two. We love Russia, we do. We love Russia, we do. We love Russia, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Borussia Shone Munchen podcast, the number one and only English language podcast dedicated to Borussia Munchen Gladbach, which is produced by the people who usually produce the Frozzy Shone, which is, of course, the number one and only podcast uh, devoted in English to uh, Frozzinone Calcio. So uh, this is the show all about Borussia Mönchengladbach. Enzo, my co-host Enzo Patriarca and I. Hello, Enzo. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm okay. We started this podcast a few weeks back uh, because the Bundesliga was the first of Europe's top five leagues to come back. We wanted to adopt the German team and we picked Borussia Mönchengladbach. And we've had some mixed success. The first week was kind of exciting. Uh, we, we knocked the stuffing out of Frankfurt. And then last week, Enzo, I'm pretty sure you'll admit last week uh, was a pretty downbeat episode of the Borussia Shone Munchen podcast. Yeah, it was very hard to keep the spirits high last week after the doubleheader. Yeah, we lost uh, to Leverkusen and then we drew with Nilo with Werder Bremen. And we, because we don't have a long and storied emotional history with this team, even though the team has a storied history, we haven't been following them for that long. In fact, it's just been a matter of weeks. Uh, I, I think we didn't necessarily have the resilience to take the good with the to take the bad with the good as we would if we were following our normal team of Frosinone. We kind of overreacted maybe a little bit to the couple of uh, suboptimal results. You know, we, you could definitely, if you listen to the last episode, you could hear that we were a bit, a bit down in the dumps. Yeah, like a like a child that's fallen off his bike for the first time, just kind of looking down at his knee that's slightly scraped and just crying softly to himself. Um, that's more or less what it was like on the podcast uh, last week. So we said, okay, enough is, enough is enough. We didn't start this podcast to wallow in sadness. Let's go and find some positivity. Let's go and find some people who can who can get us back on board with you know brush and munch and glad back. Get us excited. People who are already following the team, who we can kind of take the lead from. And we found on Twitter. We found the account at Gladback USA, uh, which is self-described as the account for Brush and Munch and Gladback's only USA-based fan club. And we saw the account was run by Mr. Hunter Fauci, and he's on the podcast today. Hunter, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Jason. No Appreciate problem. Uh, you're very welcome. Joining us all the way from the US. So this is a, a, a Twitter account and a fan club, and I... I following it over the last week and bantering during the last match and everything, I can see it's a very active account. What is your connection to, to, uh, to Borussia and Mönchengladbach? So, yeah, we're, we're the only uh, USA and Canada-based fan club um, recognized by Borussia and Mönchengladbach. I don't officially run the fan club. My friend Daniel McDermott, he's one of the co, um, I guess, co-hosts of running the fan club. Right. I decided to take over the uh, Twitter, the, you know, the social media part okay and yeah. we, we grew pretty pretty fast you know on twitter um it started off with me just you know trying to find people that commented under uh munch gladbach english account and we grew a big following we have over 2700 followers and i probably found 15 to 20 people from the u.s from that um to join our fan club we have our forum um so right yeah it's okay just, it's 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 great it's great being able to connect with people and um we've such an active following it's It's, fantastic it's It's the kind of thing because obviously as you know we started the frozzy show night to to build up a a similar kind of following uh for for frozen on a calcio and we're working kind of from a a very very low base level because there just isn't really an english language following there i mean at least you had the the you know the brusher account in english as a starting point to go and recruit but 
how did you first get interested in following the team? Yeah, so uh, that's that's a really uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I I was always uh, into you know soccer. I would I would always watch the World Cup. I never really had a club. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, uh, so I was watching you know U.S. soccer. You know, at my age thirteen, I'm twenty four now. And, you know, right when I started going to college, I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I should start following a club. And I didn't want to pick the Real Madrid. I didn't want to pick the Barcelona. Yes, yes. I didn't want to go right to the Premier League, support Chelsea or anything, or Man United like that. Mm. So I looked up, you know, who who fills their stadiums, who has a great fan base. You know, I was looking around um, some clubs from uh, some clubs from Italy caught my eye. Um, but Germany, I was watching bunch of matches um because yeah. they started putting them on fox that stadium was always full they were so passionate i'm not saying any other other top five leagues no but it, it, it stood out to you sure oh it definitely stood out to me and you know i didn't want to pick the bayern munich i didn't want to pick the no Dortmund, Dortmund. Anything, no yeah. yeah 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 so i looked around and one player caught my eye it was torgan hazard yes he was on loan at the time uh with us and i thought he was a really good player I'm not a big fan of him anymore because he decided to go to Dortmund. I wish he went to, yes, uh, he went to Dortmund, Premier League, yeah. but uh, anyway, that's in the past. But I started supporting him. I, I loved Dorgan Hazard. Uh, I thought it was a great signing when they signed him permanently. And ever since then, you know, I just started supporting them. Yeah. I loved Lucy and Favre at that time. Really brought them out of the he bottom was kind of the, the, the He was the resurgent coach. He kind of came oh, and introduced yeah. his new tactics and, and brought them back to, to challenging for European spots instead of languishing yep. down the bottom of the table. Yes, and they, they just caught my eye, and the, and you've been the following them ever since. Rocking. Yeah, been following ever since. Yeah, I think no. we can even see in the lockdown. Like, I mean, there's the whole cardboard, the whole cardboard oh, cutout yeah. fans. I mean, they found a way to have fans in a stadium, even even when they can't have uh, physical fans. So definitely, I but we haven't actually seen a match. I mean, I've seen matches just by coincidence in the past, but mm-hmm. while we've been doing this podcast, we haven't had a chance to watch a match uh, at Borussia Park with the kind of crowd rocking, but. The atmosphere and the, even the the tour hymn, the goal song, you know, dub dub dub. It's so fun. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, uh, I love it. <laughs> it's so catchy. It's a really fun like fan base. So, have you found that you've kind of picked up all these like disparate fans of of Mönchengladbach from all over the all over the US, Canada, the English speaking world, all kind of gathering? Because it seems like a really fen- friendly community. What is the fan community like? Oh, it's 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 awesome. I, I think just two years ago. Um, uh, as a fan club, we went up. I live in New York, so um, hmm. like I live upstate, but not quite like up towards Albany. Right. I don't know if you guys know where that is. Albany's but, um, the state capital of New York. Yes, it is. It is. I'll the take state ten capital. points. Um, Thank you very much. There you, there you go. <laughs> but uh, we uh, we had a, I think three or four people up there. Um, I mean, we don't we only have like four, forty people that are officially recognized by the fan club, but we had three or four people up there. They were just some of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we lost to Cologne that day, our arch rivals. Oh, the goats. Um, on a no last time. second 50-yard free kick. Oh, my God. It was it was, uh, it was was a sad two-hour <laughs> ride home after that. A sad two-hour ride home. Yeah. But um, it was it was nice finally seeing people because um, I never met Daniel prior to um, 
All right, yeah, okay, yeah. So you kind of all got together to watch this match, and I actually think there's there's something more. I mean, Enzo and I can speak to this as, as a fan of an underdog club, but uh, there is something where a, a heavy loss or a kind of like last grasp, you know, losing goal or something going wrong, and having to kind of sit there and console each other and commiserate with each other almost bonds people as fans more than a, a win would, you know? Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you on that. I don't, I don't think there's any disagreement. No, I mean, like you look at, I, I, for instance, take Bayern Munich. I don't understand how Bayern Munich fans enjoy enjoy the constant, just repetitive, efficient, all encompassing, like you know, it's how is that fun? Where's the? Because you have to have contrast, you know. How can you enjoy the the top moments? When you yep. there are no other moments to compare them to, I don't, I don't know. I think some fan bases yeah, you, are spoiled. You need you need the struggle. Yeah, that's what brings us together as fans. I think I think so, and I think there's a common like, there's a commonality there with any any fans of of clubs that are not one of the super clubs, you know. So people that it's not Bayern, it's not Real Madrid, it's not Barcelona, it's not Man United. I think I think football. Maybe you'd agree. I don't know if it's the same in German football because as I say, we're relatively new observers of it. Uh, but there is kind of more and more, I feel, a difference between people who support clubs that are not part of that kind of elite league and and the fans of, of those elite clubs. It's, it's almost like two separate sports are being played. Would you would you agree or does that make any sense? Oh, no, I, t- I totally agree. It makes total sense. Okay, good. So um, we're delighted to have you here on the uh, Borussia Shone Munchen podcast. We're going to take a look at the Bundesliga table. We're going to have a look at the uh, last game that BMG played against Union Berlin and look forward to Friday night football this week uh, when Borussia Mönchengladbach travel away to the University City of Freiburg to play SC Freiburg. Uh, so first, let's go ahead and do our first segment, Table Service, when we take a look at the Bundesliga table. Table Service. Here we are, and uh, not much change from last week. Still at the top of the Bundesliga table on 67 points with a plus 58 goal difference. Fresh off a complete dismantling of poor old Fortuna Dusseldorf. We have Bayern Munich sitting on top on 67 points. Then seven points behind them, uh, having completed their own dismantling of Paderborn. It was a real uh, top versus bottom bullying situation going on over the weekend in Bundesliga. Uh, Dortmund are seven points behind Bayern on 60 points, then two points down to Leipzig in third place on 58 points, and then another two points dropped down to 56 points in the last Champions League spot. You find our very own Borussia Mönchengladbach still ahead of Leverkusen on goal difference. We're on plus 22 goal difference. Leverkusen are on plus 18 goal difference. So we're going to need to keep up the momentum because Leverkusen are chopping at our heels. And we're very much looking at four, or well, okay, take Bayern out of it, but three, um, three Champions League spots, second, third and fourth. And you've got uh, four teams with four points between them. Uh, to try and figure out who gets that. So it's an incredibly exciting run into the end of the season, looking at Champions League football and the places there. Then it's a drop down to Wolfsburg on 42 points. And then they're competing with people like Hoffenheim, Freiburg, Hertha Berlin, who have come out of nowhere to yeah. all of a sudden be four points off. Uh, Bruno Labbadia has done an unbelievable job. If you haven't seen Hertha Berlin yet, to anyone listening, if you haven't seen Hertha Berlin play, definitely watch their next Bundesliga game for uh, Matthias Cunha alone. They're, they're a joy to watch and Ibisevic and everything like that. So, And then, of course, you have in 11th, you have Cologne, our fierce rivals, uh, are struggling. And then the bottom of the table, blah, blah, blah. This is uh, a fine position that we find ourselves in, but we're still not secure of Champions League football. Hunter, are you happy right now with the with the position that Gladbach are in on the table? Um, I'm going to 
say yes and no on that. Um, I think Marco Rose has done an excellent job throughout mm-hmm. the whole season. Um, I feel like we could have got more points um, against some other teams uh, earlier in the season. Yes. But um, I think I think they've overexceeded expectations uh, as far as point total. Um, yeah, it turns out to be a very competitive season. They've done well, but so so have all the teams around them. Yes, and Bayern, I think they've won something like 22 or 25. Um, yeah. I think they've been unstoppable. So Right, so I yeah, so, so Gladbach, if, if somebody offered you at the start of the season, let's say somebody time-traveled back you know, to August or whatever and said to you uh, and other fans, hey, if I offered you right now, you finish four to get Champions League spots, you don't win the league, you'd, you'd take that, right? You'd have to take that. Of course I'd take it, of yeah. course. Okay, because it's, it's all about getting the Champions goal. League and growing the club, yep. and yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so um, Enzo, any comment on the table as it stands right now? Um, it's definitely very tight. Um, you, you'd kind of anguish a little bit at the drop points at uh, where the Raymond last yeah. week, but I think I I feel like Leverkusen are, are kind of relying a lot on Kai Havertz, and I think that between now and the end of the season, I just think we have more tools at our disposal. Kind of you know, Taram play a. I just think that that could play out, but it's definitely. As you yeah, said, I mean, separated are, on goal difference. There's a lot going on. Yeah, Leverkusen are obviously making a kind of late run for Champions League football and Kai Havertz is spurring them onto that. He scored two goals against us uh, a couple of weeks ago and he scored their only goal against yep. uh, Freiburg last week. So, I mean, he gets injured or something happens to him or somebody comes up with a system to man-mark him. Presumably, that would that would enhance our position because we have more uh, attacking threat from all over the pitch, as we'll see when we review our last game against Union Berlin, which we're going to do now. Let's go into review, preview, and take a look at the most recent and upcoming fixtures. Preview. Review. Big result. Big result this week, this most recent week in the Bundesliga. We beat Union Berlin, struggling Union Berlin, football hipster darlings, Union Berlin. We beat them 4-1. We have no no time for sentimentality around here in Borussia Park. We don't care who loves you. We're beating you. Uh, so I finished 4-1. There was an early goal from Florian Neuhaus, um, who was excellent, I thought, all match. Um, just to give you an idea how the, how the team set up. Uh, so Jan Sommer, obviously, in goal. Uh, ben Sebaini started at left back. Then Elvedi and Ginter in the centre defence. Stefan Leiner out there at right back. Neuhaus and Hoffman in uh, the midfield. And then a f- uh, three of uh, Thuram, Stindl and Herman, and then Player playing uh, in front of them. It was a very attacking setup. I mean, you look at Thuram, Stindl, Player, Herman, Neuhaus, arguably they're all attacking players, um, so we're playing with kind of four interchangeable uh, forwards, and it paid off. As I say, Neuhaus got a goal to open the scoring, and uh, then Thuram scored, made it 2-0 on 40 minutes, went into uh, halftime on 2-0, and then a bit of life from Union Berlin. Sebastian Anderson uh, scores from a set piece, much like we predicted on the podcast last week. Uh, Jan Sommer again with some indecisive goalkeeping. We can maybe talk about that in a second. Uh, Anderson now has more headed goals this season than anybody else in the Bundesliga, including Robert Lewandowski. Uh, so it was 2-1. And then immediately, uh, Thuram, Marcus Thuram, hits his 10th goal of the season. And then it was made uh, 4-1 by Alassane Player. Uh, and it finished 4-1 after player's final goal in the 81st minute. This was a really, really solid performance from Gladbach. Great to see them back to winning ways. Is it any coincidence that Marco Rosa was wearing his uh, Puma tracksuit with the very cool neckline and not his <laughs> casual black jumper? I don't think so. Uh, Hunter, were you impressed with the performance? 
very impressed. Um, I think they needed this type of result after they were clearly second best in the last two games. Yes, um, yes. Even though um, I felt like they should have gotten at least a point from Leverkusen, um, especially with that penalty given after Tehran was pulled down. Yes. Um, that was that's that was the downfall I think of the game, and I think they were I think they were lost after that. Um, there was no coming back from that. Um, I do think they were second best though. They deserved the drop points at Bremen. I think Bremen. Yeah, Bremen well. clearly wanted it, wanted it more, and came out with a yep. plan. Whereas I think yep. uh, Munch and Gladbach kind of just thought we're going to beat these guys. It's further Bremen. Come on. Yep. Yep. And uh, they fully deserved the point um, there. I think the only positive out of that game was they kept a clean sheet, and I think you guys touched on that last week. Yes. Yeah. So, but they they came out and they came out swinging. I think Taram and Playa, their chemistry was the best I've seen all season. I, it, they, um, they were, they were, the two of them were amazing. They were just amazing. effervescent, like, you know, popping up all over the place. Yeah. So I, I applaud them. They came out, they came out firing. So, um, I think it was just an excellent game all around. It's a shame we couldn't get a clean sheet. I thought Summer was left for dead on that. Yeah, absolutely. Ball. I thought, I thought at the last three or four games, I mean, since we came back, Summer has been a little bit, um, a little bit uh, dodgy, but as people have yeah. observed, um, it's har- it has been harder for goalkeepers to train during the lockdown um, mm-hmm. than it has for most other positions because goalkeepers need to face shots to yeah. train the reflexes. So the, the 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 idea is that the kind of this the curve for goalkeepers getting back to sharpness is steeper than for anybody else. So we'll cut Jan Summer a break. Luckily, Elvedi mm-hmm. and Ginter have been excellent in central defence and bailed out Summer on more times than he's necessarily deserved. But a couple of things. Uh, from the match one was uh, Neuhaus's first goal so I guess Florian Neuhaus is a hugely potential huge amount of potential as a player he's a really bright uh, young midfielder but he does have a tendency to shoot from outside the box with a kind of reckless abandon this time he makes a run into the box is, is fouled could have gone down for a penalty stays up and shoots for the first time since I've been watching him shoots from inside the box and, and scores yeah I mean, that, that's a positive lesson just in itself. Yeah. Tremendous strength for staying up there, too. Yeah, he, he did really did well. You, you could see just he came out almost with a point to prove, I think. I think he had been, there had been some accusations made against him that maybe he'd been wasteful in his shooting the last couple of games. And he was he was determined to, whatever Marco Rosa put in their, put in their Weetabix, as we say, uh, that morning. It certainly worked because everyone was very energetic. Lars Stindl, I thought as well, was better than he has been. Seems fully fit now and he's playing more in a number 10 role instead of trying to stay off to the side. He was really good in the link-up play. And then for Marcus Thuram, of course, uh, we have to talk about when Marcus Thuram scored his first goal, he uh, took a knee in celebration and kind of drew the attention. Uh, his father, uh, Lillian Thuram, French World Cup winning right back, was uh, famous for his political activism and it is, I suppose, a proud moment for their family, but also for their community uh, to see uh, Marcus Thuram making that statement quite subtly, quite professionally after he scored and then scoring another one just to hammer the point home. What else did I want to say? Uh, oh, yes. I think Alassane Player has now become one of four players in Europe's top five leagues this season to have double figures in goals and assists. So he now has 10 goals and 11 assists uh, this season, which is an incredibly impressive return. Enzo, were you impressed with uh, Playa and Thuram and, and who else? You know, the that obviously without Bri and Bolo, those two are kind of being depended on a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but as, as we said, kind of when we first started following the lads, the, it was a key thing in Marco Rosa's team is uh, how the two of them kind of link up. And, and yeah, that game, they did it brilliantly. 
I think uh, Stindl as well, as you touched on, brilliant. And the two midfielders, indeed, Hoffman and, and Neuhaus, did, did an excellent job as well. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was just a really complete, confident performance. Um, and and Marco Rosa, I have to say, Marco Rosa seemed to be delighted on the on the touchline. He was, <laughs> you could see that this was the kind of performance he had been wanting to have, and and it, it paid off. I thought as well, Patrick Herman played played well. He's just dependable. Not didn't like the world, didn't put, set the world on fire, but he was dependable and a, a fine performance there as well. I have to mention, and and actually we don't know that much about this, uh, Hunter, so maybe you can tell us, but there was a huge moment on 90 Minutes when Mamadou Dukure, uh was introduced. Now, from what I understand, I mean, his, his, the players were clapping him, his, his dugout was clapping him. He has had a horrible string of injuries since he signed in 2016. I have it here from the Gladbach official account when he came on. Uh, tw- June 2016 suffers a muscle tear. January 2017 suffers a muscle tear. December 2017 muscle tear. Uh, February 2018 muscle tear. November 2018 muscle tear. October 2019 muscle strain. 31st of May 2020. F- almost four years exactly after signing for the club, he makes his his Borussia uh, Gladbach debut. This must have been a wonderful moment for fans of the team, Hunter. Yeah, I do want to touch on that. I. Uh, when we first signed him, he was uh, one of the signings I thought, um, you know, it was like the Elvetti when we signed him. Very young. It was only, I think we only spent 500000 on him. Right. And I was like, you know, Ducore is going to be great in a couple of years. Um, and he's just been hit with the injury bug year and year, year after year. Um, to see him out in the pitch, kicking the ball around, it's, it's just so... It's so beautiful to see that. Yeah, um, I think it is. It, it, and you can all, see how much it meant to everybody. Yep, yeah. Even the fact that Marco Rosa, because um, obviously since, you know, since Ducure has been there, he's played under numerous different uh, managers or f- first-team coaches. And it was great to see the fact that Marco Rosa, even though he uh, he adopted this player, you know, when he came in, this player was already on the team who had been injury-prone. He'd never really seen him play competitive matches, but he stuck with him. And, and you have to... It's a, I, I, it must be a testament to Decoré's attitude, his uh, his technical ability, and there's there's something obviously that everybody around the club sees in him because they haven't just kind of given up on him; they've stayed with him, and they still believe. Clearly, they still believe that he has a, a bright future ahead of him if he can stay fit. So we wish yes. uh, Decoré uh, the best of luck, and I think he had a birthday a couple of weeks ago as well. So happy birthday! Uh, yeah. Great birthday present to make your make your debut for you after signing for the club. So, yeah, we're all really impressed with the 4-1 win. Um, and I'm sure, again, Hunter, you have a better idea, the, the community at large, the fans of, of Dortmund... Of Dortmund, Jesus. I should, I should, that's actually that's actually a, a punishable offence in the in, in the Mönchengladbach community is to say Borussia Dortmund. No, no, in the Mönchengladbach community, everyone's pleased with the result. Um, it's kind of a statement win. I think it's a good platform, yeah? Of course, of course. Whenever we win... We're very happy. <laughs> you're simple people. <laughs> you're simple yeah. people. You win, you're happy. You lose, you're sad. You yes. draw, you don't know how you feel. Okay. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else on, on that on that game before I move on to the preview? I just yeah, I just want to kind of double down on it was such an important game off the back of last week because you see how tight the table is that you know that could have easily kind of became a spiral. But I think uh, winning and not just winning, but winning in the way in the way they did four yes. one. With the link up play, I think, yeah, it was vital to kind of push on now for a Champions League, to secure a Champions League place. Okay. Yes. Now let's move on to the preview because coming up um, on Friday night is uh, the trip away to Freiburg 
uh, where Borussia Mönchengladbach will play uh, Europa League contenders. Freiburg, as yeah. we mentioned earlier, currently sitting in eighth position, uh, just four points off uh, Wolfsburg to get into Europa League spot. And I think they have maybe the second lowest budget in the league, uh, but they've they've really overperformed this season as they seem to do every season yeah. uh, under their under their manager who is one of one of the uh, most loved uh, Christian Strike one of the most loved uh, managers in German football if not European football and uh, they're a, a, a spirited uh, team they're well drilled they have a couple of goal scorers I think they're going to be dangerous um, but I'm confident we can get the win what is what is everyone's feeling on the upcoming Freiburg match? I think it's um, crucial just because I think Leverkusen, if I'm not mistaken, are against Bayern Munich that week as well. Yes. Um, so I think I think it's just it's a huge clash because I think we we travel to Bayern after that again, so we still have to play Bayern. So in terms of the Champions League places, it's huge, and you know it's going to be you're against a dangerous team when when they themselves ha- have something to fight for. Yes, so I think that's just two teams going to be crucial. Yeah, it's going to be a crucial week, and I think it'll be a tight game. Yeah, I mean, like uh, they Leverkusen really struggled to break Freiburg down. Um, when the, the, in the first game back after the after the the, the break for for the COVID that that COVID thing or whatever it's called, I <laughs> imagine I wasn't imagine I wasn't paying attention. To, I don't know Corona. Don't know. Yeah, so Freiburg held uh, RB Leipzig to a draw. So they're 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 an opponent who knows how to how to contain attacking energetic teams, much like Defolden. So we do have to worry. I, I do think for sure, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, uh, Enzo and Hunter, uh, it's unlikely that we keep a clean sheet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen really anything. Uh, the fact that you keep a clean sheet against Werder Bremen is all well and good, but, you know, Freiburg, a bit of a tougher proposition. So we beat them 4-2 before Christmas, uh, and they are overperforming, but arguably so is Mönchengladbach, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Bayern are playing Leverkusen, Leipzig have Paderborn, so we have to make sure that we get a result against Freiburg because Leipzig are going to be Paderborn. Yes. Yep. Uh, who have Dortmund got? Dortmund have hurt the Berlin, so Dortmund could drop points. You know, so it's a crucial game. If we don't beat Le- if we don't beat Fre- if we don't beat Freiburg, then we're leaving the door open, and we could really seize control situation with a win against Freiburg and put the pressure on Leverkusen, Leipzig, and Dortmund to go get go and get points. I think it's a it's a must win game. Totally agree. And Freiburg, um, they are well managed. Christian Strike, like you said, he's one of the most loved managers all across Europe. Um, he always gets his side to come out and compete every single week. Yeah, they've got so, unbelievable mentality. Yes, and uh, they have one of our former players, Vincenzo Grifo, free kick specialist. Um, mm. So, and we're not we're we're, we're yeah box, we're not strong we're from trouble. set pieces yeah so we're that's that's interesting so watch out for Grifo uh, we didn't know that because we only heard about this team a few weeks ago no no <laughs> 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 our memory doesn't stretch back that far uh, okay so I'm gonna predict hmm I'm gonna predict a three two a three two win to Munchen Gladbach on Friday against Freiburg Enzo what's your prediction. I think 2-1 Munch and Gladbach. I think it's going to be really, really tight. And I think we'll just about get the second goal. All right. And uh, Hunter? Enzo, I'd have to agree with you. I was thinking 2-1. Oh, um, I've, I've never I've never been outvoted like this before. We know you usually <laughs> have three people. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> I hate to be the third guy that's no, all it's on all one right. side. You, you split the vote. But, yeah. um, okay, so the the guys are saying 2-1, I'm saying 3-2. Either way, I think we're looking at goals for both sides, and hopefully Gladback can get the point. But of course, we'll cover it all next week on the show. So that closes out review preview. Just a couple more things to do here on the show. Preview. Preview. I want to finish out, Hunter. By the way, thanks for joining us. I think this has been a Enzo. I personally feel we've we've really uh, recovered the position of the podcast uh, with Hunter's <laughs> edition. How do you feel? Yeah, we were, we were definitely lost last week. We were very <laughs> downbeat. A few people told us we've been we were contacted. Yeah, people were texting <laughs> us like, "Are you guys okay? What's going?" On? <laughs> you know, it's just football. You're not even you know you only heard about this day a few weeks ago. Uh, so, thank you for coming on, Hunter. I want to know what is your prediction for the end of the season? Do you think we finish in a Champions League spot? Do you think we we go fourth, third? Where do you think? So, um, I fully expect us to finish fourth, even though right. okay. um, there is uncertainty with. Um, team going forward with some tough matchups coming up yeah um i think freiburg is a really tough matchup and i know a lot of people are looking at Bayern. oh it's Bayern. you know very very tough but if you look at recent history with us and Bayern, yeah we are their bogey team um we can't beat dortmund they can beat dortmund but they can't beat us that's <laughs> that's the, it's, it's the like triangle, a weird, a weird the perfect triangle, triangle. Yeah. yes um okay. so I'm more concerned about this weekend, honestly. Than you would be against the Bayern match. Yes, yes. Well, I think there's, I, a, there's a certain logic there because I think, uh, you know, Marco Rose's team excels on the counter-attack, on the high press. And with Freiburg, you can press them all you like. They're sitting back off you. You know, we saw them against Leipzig. Right. Leipzig couldn't manufacture chances to save their life. Um, whereas Bayern are going to try and play around you. You can steal the ball and catch them on the counter. But we'll, we'll have to see. I think Freiburg is a crucial game. And if we can beat Freiburg after the statement win against Union Berlin, I totally agree that we're looking at a fourth-place finish, maybe even a third-place finish, depending on whether Leipzig uh, slip up. And finally, Hunter, I want to ask you. So one of the things we do on our other podcast, The Fuzzy Shone, is we have to try and figure out ways to uh, to expand the the kind of world of that team and, and bring people into it. So one thing I want to ask you is, are there teams that Borussia Mönchengladbach has like a like a fan friendship? I know like Liverpool is like there's like a kind of friendship Liverpool, there. Yes. Um, yep. But as far as I know, there is no Italian team that they're friends with. As as far as I know, I haven't read anything. Okay, um, we're I always open. Either. So we're yeah, so open. I, I wanted I want to say this could be the start of a of a Mönchengladbach and Frosinone uh, fan sympathy link up or something like that. I would I'm not, not quite be sure. That at all. But we should definitely look into that. And I mean, now that you've been on the podcast. It's it's practically it's practically sealed. Ten stones. Yeah, um. So we're definitely going to look out for that because we're always trying to expand our, our horizons. And um, if you were to make a pitch to someone who wanted to follow a Bundesliga team for the rest of the season, why should it be Mönchengladbach? It's simply because of their fans and the what they do with the young talent on the team. They always give them a chance. Yes, and. Uh, I always praise Max Ebro for all of this. Uh, Max Ebro is a sporting director, yeah? Sporting director. He's been excellent in signings. Yes. Um, he was, a lot of people were skeptical of Taram. I think they, he totally over exceeded everyone's expectations, and I think he totally got it right. Mm. Same with Playa. Um, bringing in Stindl, uh, free off Hanover. Captain. Amazing, yeah. I, I think he's just been excellent. Um, and we always have. 
uh, our finances have been excellent over the past four years. I, th- I think, I think wanna, one. Yeah. If I could just add to that, I I, I know I'm, I don't want to put in, but I I think going back to the the Ducure story, uh, you talk about a club that has their finances in order, that has good recruitment, that's very well run, and has passionate fans, but also clearly the club has an integrity to it because you're looking at a, a sticking by a player like Ducure. So often, I think in modern football, we see players come and go, and if they don't immediately hit the ground running, they're you know they're 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 tossed aside because who right. needs you? But the fact that that they stuck by Ducure, they supported him, and eventually makes his debut in the Bundesliga. I think that was great to see. So I think that's definitely something you should use in future. <laughs> of, course. of course. Um. All right. So Hunter Fauci of uh, Gladbach USA, thank you very much for coming on the Borussia Schöne Munchen podcast. Appreciate you having me. It's always a good time to talk Gladbach with anyone. I'm uh, glad you guys are supporting us. I'll definitely be looking into Frozenone. All right. Uh, when they get back and running, I'll watch a couple of their matches. Um, and next so. season, we're going to be in Syria. I can't promise you that, but I'm promising you anyway. Uh, I hope they I hope they get promoted. <laughs> I think they Thank you very it. much. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, and if they don't deserve it, at least at least you can agree Enzo and I deserve it. We work hard. Of you know? course. Yes. <laughs> you had to sit through those last two matches. I think you guys deserve a little promotion. Exactly. Thank so. you very much. All right, Hunter, we'll yeah. be in touch, okay? Thank you so much, Jason. All right, so long. Day. Thank you, Enzo. Thank you. I've been Jason Flynn. That's Enzo Patriarca. This has been the Borussia Schöne Munchen podcast. Ja, Fohlen, ja. Ja,